Welcome everyone back to another special edition of the TOT Cast. It is game four post-game. Toronto Raptors just defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers just a few hours before. And I, I think I could speak for all of Raptors Nation and we the North Nation uh, in saying that this was something that, I mean, a lot of us were, oh, I mean, everyone was hoping for, but for it to actually happen, it's one thing to actually experience it. And uh, I mean, gentlemen, of course, I'm also sorry being uh, joined here by uh, Chris O'Kranitz and Damar Grant. Gentlemen, really, first off, Damar, talk to me about some of your favorite moments of this game, or if not, just one specific moment that stuck out in your mind and one of the things you took away from uh, game four. Favorite moment in the game was uh, it's a part that's not even going to end up in the highlight reel or anything like that, but it will stick out in your in your brain where Bismack Biombo blocked LeBron James. Two hands. My God. <laughs> Inexplicably called as a foul. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was great. It had the, the crowd in a frenzy. The team got hyped up off of it. Twitter was hyped up off of it. So uh, yeah, that was definitely my favorite. What about you, man? Chris? First off, we the other. Second, we're supposed to get swept. <laughs> I'm just saying, we're supposed to get swept. Hey, we most of us had um, Listen, on a losing in five right, games. All right, all right. We so don't got to go there. I'm just going to own go that <laughs> and say I, may, I, I said that. I'll bang on my chest and say that I had the Cavs with five, too. But we're here now. Stephen A. Smith said that we're going to get swept as well. He said a lot of other junk as well. Um, it's 2-2, and I'm shocked. And I'm, yeah, I'm, sh- I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be shocked. I just can't believe that all this. Yeah, shout out to Evan Fournier. <laughs> How awesome is this for Arenas? Gilbert, to, oh man, his uh, IG Stephen is awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually, you know what? We actually do have the uh, the audio that just came out a couple hours ago from Mr. Stephen A. Smith, and uh, actually, I actually want that to play for a second, and we can get some uh, some reaction on that. So here's Stephen A. Smith just after uh, while on Sports Center, uh, pretty much being called out by the uh, anchors of Sports Center after all the comments he made earlier in the series. I can't even put into words how stunned I am. I can't believe what I saw. I got to be a man of my word and just apologize to Canada, all Canadians everywhere, because I certainly thought that this was going back to Cleveland. 3-1 Cleveland with the Cavs closing this series out on Wednesday night so I wouldn't have to go back to Canada and go through customs and all of that other nonsense. But that's not how it how it went down. That's not how it was meant to be. Kyle Lowry was absolutely unstoppable tonight. I don't understand why. DeMar DeRozan was unstoppable when it counted. I don't understand why, considering that LeBron James had been on him a couple of times. Okay, well, unfortunately, Mr. Stephen A. Smith, uh, you are going to have to go through all of that nonsense. Uh, DeMar? favorite part about anybody referencing Canada or the Raptors is like they always say that they have to go through customs like this is this huge issue where like you have to go through customs and I have to deal with TSA like you just pack your passport you're on a on a private jet (laughs) (laughs) it's literally an extra 30 minutes is it not yeah you just like sign some papers you know you have to like see some extra people and then you just hop off the jet Go to their arena. I don't get why they're acting like it's such a big deal. I, I mean, Drake I, is there, man. He's got the call to get you through customs. My favorite part of it was Kyle Lowry was unstoppable. I don't understand why. Demar Derozan played well as like was unstoppable, and I don't understand why. Now the unstoppable part, yeah, that was pretty big for for uh, for the Toronto Raptors. But I mean, the idea of 
who would have thought that the two best players on our team finally figured it out? Who would have thought that they played like the two best players on our team? Yeah. Chris, what are you seeing for uh, DeMar and Kyle? Like, why do you think they're uh, all of a sudden being able to score? How shocked were you when DeMar was taking LeBron to the hoop tonight? Just be honest. How shocked were you? I'm not that shocked, to be honest, because he seems like one of those guys that has uh, irrational confidence. You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) But you go from 20-footers to taking LeBron in the cup. Yeah. Yeah, man. J.R. Smith has irrational confidence. Draymond Green has irrational confidence. Okay, but those guys are a little bit eccentric. You know, DeMar DeRozan, he has irrational confidence. Maybe you don't have to be... um, eccentric or bombastic with it but you could definitely tell that he thinks he can beat anybody on the floor him shooting threes is not a limitation for him you know like not being able to shoot threes is just like eh, i could just get to the rim instead why shoot threes we just haven't seen that all playoffs and then all of a sudden to see him tonight in game four just you know what lebron's on me screw it i'm going to the hoop it was just it was a sight to see it was something completely different especially considering the refs were not giving them any foul calls at all and DeMar had no fear going to the cup against LeBron, of all people, which was unexpected. So for me, that was one of the bigger surprises tonight was seeing DeMar go to the hoop at will. Mm. You notice that there was no foul calls for the Raptors until, like... Midway through was, the third. Yeah, we, we were actually documenting that. We were, yeah. That was a topic of conversation at the table tonight. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty bad. It was nearly a full game until they actually shot free throws. Okay, do you think that was warranted, or do you think that was a little bit of officiating bias? I think that uh, in the previous game, that it was just like maybe the Raptors weren't getting fouled that much. But as soon as Dwayne Casey made those comments, like, yeah, but he's just usually when you see Steve Kerr or uh, Coach Pop do something like that, you see the team getting extra foul calls. But it seems like they're just like, yeah, we're not we're just not going to call fouls for the Raptors in this game. I feel like his foul call, like what he was calling about the officials is more than fair, though. It was quite tame, to be honest. Yeah, to, yeah. Even in this game, it came seventeen to sixteen, so it was pretty even. But well, that was all down the stretch, though. I mean, yeah, yeah. In that first half, it didn't feel like they were calling fouls for them at all. Well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was, I was kind of in full out biz watch because he needs one more flagrant and he gets a one game suspension. So I was oh, kind of right. Yeah, I was kind of anticipating that he might get that one flagrant off some ridiculous call. Maybe that LeBron block, which was all ball. And that would have been it for Biz for not only this game, but for the following game as well, which would have been <laughs> anarchy in Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> He's Toronto's like new. Uh, it feels like every every month or so, Toronto the Raptors just have like a new favorite player, like the, the fan base. He's our folklore. He's like just our, our superhero now. Yeah, first it's first it was a uh, Norman Powell, then it was Scola for <laughs> a short period of time. It was Scola, and now it's like Bismack. Corey Joe had some time, too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Biz Max now, eh? just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's um, going to get paid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for that again. Yeah. And more off-season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, you know, this, this really was, once again, one of those games where it was just, how about we, you know, I one of the things that I noticed more than anything um, was the fact that there was a couple of guys who did have some off nights as far as the stat sheet go, like DeMar Carroll, he went one for seven beyond the line. Uh, but just still managing to be a factor in everything that they did. Even when they were getting beat, you're not seeing a lot of... The only guys that were really trying to plead their case to the ref when it came to foul calls was Kyle Lowry, and even to a smaller extent, 
DeMar DeRozan. Biz and then you also, too. yeah, Biz was talking because obviously he's the guy that's more physical than anybody else when it comes to the battles in the paint lately, him and Patrick Patterson even. Um, but uh, what would you guys say to comment on just even the Raptors' demeanor during this entire game? Because this just seemed like a team that finally has seemed to have risen to the moment, if you will. Uh, DeMar? They don't look scared at all. And they're at this point where they're just trying to like prove themselves to the world. You know, nobody really pays attention to the Raptors in the grand scheme of the NBA. Like, they're a good team. In everybody else's eye, they're a good team. But they're just like, meh. You know, they do their thing and then they'll just go away. And <laughs> now they're at this point where they're doing their thing as like, uh, we might lose the series. I mean, that's what the, the Cavs are thinking right now. Imagine. I feel like the Cavs are really nervous. I mean, the Raptors are playing with house money, and aside from LeBron, it's <laughs> how soft is Kevin Love? There, man. Well, how soft is Kevin Love? First of all, I mean, unless he's seriously hurt again, like last year, dude, figure it out, get it together. I, those guys look like they had one hell of a weekend, and that was it. I, I just can't explain <laughs> it. Between J.R. Smith, Kyrie with his dash up threes that ended up falling, and Kevin Love, who just checked out, to be quite honest, I, I don't understand. You're playing with the best player in the NBA. Steph Curry may be unanimous MVP, but we all know at the end of the day that LeBron James is the undeniable game changer that we have never seen in our generation. Quite frankly, since Magic Johnson, there hasn't been a player like LeBron. So it's it's a sight to watch him kind of take over a game and facilitate and get guys involved. And to see guys like Kevin Love and even to a certain extent Kyrie just check out at times, I'll never understand it for the life of me. But to kind of circle back to the Raptors, how important was Patrick Patterson tonight? 34 minutes. Only nine points, but he really made the offense click. Um, his ability to stretch the floor, hit threes, it kind of gave the Raptors an element that they've been missing for a while, in my opinion, at least. Mm-hmm. He's, just, he's just an active player, you know. And Luis Scolas, he starts the game, but only plays about 14 minutes. So Patrick Patterson gets the majority of the minutes, the power forward position. And he's just, the, the contrast between the two is just like Patrick Patterson is active. He's always like, willing to shoot the ball or drive and kick or and he's always active on defense. Luis Scola is good on defense too. Especially yeah. against Kevin Love. But Patrick Pedersen he just seems like he's always involved, you know? I I can't really describe it any other way. He's always like pointing or yelling or shouting on defense or giving people directions on where to go on offense. He's just always always an active participant on the team. Yeah, and I actually just want to touch on Casey's uh, choice of rotation. I think the idea is, I, I know that you know bringing on Luis Scola as, in the starting lineup may draw some ire from Raptors fans, thinking that you know he may not be as, uh, as, as good as some of the guys that he has sitting on the bench to start a game, but when you're talking about a guy who's been there, who's seen it all, done it all, lived through those moments, you're not going to see Luis Scola go through the kind of butterflies that maybe a 24-year-old Patrick Patterson might at the beginning of a game. Let Patrick Patterson sit on the bench, observe everything, the flow of the game and what's going on so that when he does jump into the game, he's going to have the kind of level of confidence that we're seeing right now. And I think, to be honest, that's a smart understanding from head coach Casey, just seeing, okay, who are the guys right now? Because, I mean, let's be honest as well. To be fair, Scola got caught in game two. He got blown out of the water in that that game, just like everybody else. But I still think that the guys that are coming off the bench now have this true understanding of what their role is on this team. And we're seeing it flourish. Uh, Any thoughts on that, guys? Well, personally, I think shorting the bench was the best thing he ever did. Basically playing Terrence Ross seven minutes tonight. Uh, James Johnson, he got his, like, what, six minutes, six, eight minutes tonight. His hype energy. Well, hold on, wait. The James Johnson minutes, those were actually, like, really Those were big minutes, minutes, though, yeah. 100%. There was, like, a specific 
possession where I saw him guarding LeBron James. In the post, baby. In the post, and <laughs> yep. he just stopped him. Completely stopped him. Like, he could not move James Johnson at all. So, you know, there's this uh, lineup that we were talking about earlier with him, at, with LeBron at the four. Would love to see James Johnson be the defender in that situation because he's versatile enough to keep with LeBron James out of the perimeter. And also, LeBron isn't able to move him. So that just, like, you know, it provides some sort of backstop for that that split cut action that he comes he has going on at the elbow elbow. I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually gonna ask you how you defend that lineup because look, Channing Fry, all his shots never from three, all eight shots from three. But that lineup with LeBron and the reserves, quite frankly, is just it's it's been their best lineup all postseason and it's scorched tonight. It got them it it avoided the wire to wire victory for the Raptors. And it really got them back in the game. And defending LeBron was the biggest issue there. You saw Biz go out on him. You saw DeRozan try and take him. Um, Carroll, when he was on there, tried to. They'd, Casey really struggled with how to defend that lineup. And if you really truly believe James Johnson is kind of the antidote for that lineup? Uh, for that lineup specifically, I think they have uh, Lowry, Marta Rosen. Uh, they have Patrick Patterson out there. Well, they said twice. Yeah, and then they'll have Damari Carroll, Biombo, right? They have Biombo in the corner guarding Channing Fry for. Which is no I have one. no idea why they're doing that. Should yeah, just, that was a bit of a. Such a gaffe because you, we've seen all series where Biombo is capable of defending people out on the perimeter. You'll see him switch and be able to. He even blocked uh, J.R. Smith in this game on yep. the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So you can just have uh, Patrick Patterson be in the corner to guard Channing Fry. You're not losing anything there. And then you just have Biombo on the brawn in the post. So he would be able to use his length to disturb the pass, or he could just, you know, he could body up on him to disturb the pass, or he can drop back and help, like, block the shot or contest the shot at the rim. Okay, but I think LeBron recognized that, though. When he brought him out a lot of times to the three-point line at the top of the key, he was kind of just taking on that facilitator point guard role. Like, LeBron's a very, very cerebral player. So when he does that, he would either try and get Biombo in kind of like a, a pick-and-roll situation where he could switch, mm-hmm. or he would kick it on the corner of Channing Fry when he drove for the rim. So, I mean... How they defend LeBron in that situation is kind of precarious, in my opinion, because I, I don't know how they're going to do it. Yeah, I, that's something that uh, they're going to look at, for sure, on their way to Cleveland. <clears throat> like, do you yeah. almost take Biombo off? Because he's, he's kind of a liability if you keep him on LeBron. I don't, I don't, I'd keep him there until I was, they, we haven't seen him guard it. He was guarding Channing Fry in the corner. So I'm assuming they're going to test that first, and then they'll probably put, like... Uh, James Johnson on him or Damari on him in that situation. So it's it's, t- it's tough to watch, but I mean it's tough to really decipher it because they didn't go with any different looks on defense. They just stuck with Patrick Patterson, and they got scolded for it. Well, the Raptors are kind of gambling, in my opinion. I mean, the Cavs shot forty-one threes again tonight. They're basically gambling and saying, you know what? Shoot as many threes as you want. If you make them, great, you'll blow us out. But if you don't, we're going to beat you. And I kind of feel like they're just going to ride or die off of that now and just be like. You shot this hot for two rounds in a row, make it three. And if you make it three rounds in a row, we don't deserve to be in the finals, but we're going to ride or die off of it. And I kind of feel like that's what Casey's just kind of gambling on now. And I, and I have to agree with that because wasn't that one of the things that we were talking about at the very beginning of the series where it was the idea of, okay, well, this team has, has shot this well. They're not, and I think the Raptors coaching staff and now and, and by an extent the player personnel on the floor have agreed with that mentality of saying, hey, you know what? You guys have shot the lights out almost on a historic pace even yeah, for right. this team. And you're sitting here going, okay, well, one thing – they're they're – 
there are, there are three things that are guaranteed in life. Death, taxes, and someone's going to go cold beyond the arc. Tonight, it was Kevin Love. Hell, even right. for the Raptors, it was Damari Carroll. These things are going to happen for a team that's going to rely on the three ball like that. And hell, we're even seeing it on the other side in the Western Conference with the Golden State Warriors. And yeah. even though the ball movement there, it's, it's a bit of a different mentality. It's a bit of a different game over there on that side. But we are seeing it. And if you're able to dominate the glass and for at least force a team that relies so much on the three-point ball to move to, to to work themselves silly to the point where they're getting they're getting exhausted and feeling fatigued, especially in that boards battle, then you're going to start seeing them heave up shots the way that they did today. The thing about the, the three-point shot is, if you're not making it, it makes everything else harder on the defense. It can be so, demoralizing uh, too, can it not? Yeah, it can be very demoralizing. Obviously, if you're wide open and you're considered a good three-point shooter, you're missing. You know, you could see with Kevin Love, I remember him missing a wide-open shot on the wing, I think it was in the second quarter, where you saw him shoot it, it was wide open, and he missed, like it rimmed out, and you saw him like jump in the air and like get angry. So yeah. I can imagine it being demoralizing. Kevin Love had a horrible game today, and he looked like invisible. He looked and, soft. Yeah, he at the end of soft. the game. It's, it's agonizing to watch a guy with his skill set to kind of go out there and... I'm going to say it. He, he drags his ass at times, and I, I don't understand it for life of me because he's ultra-talented. You know they're going to play an unorthodox five with him at the five, mm-hmm. and the whole offense runs through him. And to see him kind of play the way he does, I, I don't get it. I mean, the Raptors outscored the Cavs in the paint 44-36, to 36, and when's the last time you've seen that? Yeah. Oh, here's a, like a little tidbit. Have you, you see the difference in LeBron James coverage? by the Raptors? A little bit. I mean, it's it's, it's kind of man-to-man, but it's not necessarily man-to-man. It's a, lot, it's a little bit more help now. They're Giving kind him of the Tony Allen treatment. Yeah. Man. They're just letting him shoot from three. Yeah, that's. I'm glad you brought that up because that's... Well, I don't understand why LeBron was selling for so many twos tonight because that's not his game at all. And he, quite frankly, reminded me of before the Cavs. Remember when they had no talent he got beat by the Celtics every year? Right. That's all I saw tonight. I used to go watching. nuts about yeah. that. Oh, my God. I'm like, why this, are you settling? <laughs> this guy would scream at the TV. Every profanity you could think of when this guy would try and settle for a jump shot, thinking he's Kobe Bryant when he's built like freaking uh, Ben Wallace. Well, LeBron <laughs> could take all these guys to the hoop, man. He could foul beyond out of a game if you wanted to. He'll get the superstar calls, and he's so yeah. physical. That's true. And, you know, with the you remember that uh, Dwayne Casey was on Rick Carlisle's coaching staff? When yeah. they won the championship, I'm so happy you mentioned that. <laughs> this is pretty much the exact same defense that they ran against uh, Braun when he was on the Heat. It's they funny. <laughs> they would completely back up behind the three-point line and just like dare him to shoot. And if he's going to drive, since LeBron is getting older, it's harder for him to drive past people so they can contain the drive that way. I was actually going to ask you if you thought that Dwayne Casey called up Rick Carlisle and said, "Hey, you think this could work?" Again, I think he did, man. No, he's not in the he's not in the playoffs anymore. So by any means necessary, baby. <laughs> it's a fair call. Rick Carlisle is considered a basketball genius. <laughs> yeah, he's really sad. He's probably like the second and third or third uh, coach in the NBA. All right, I got a question for both of you boys. Um, given what we've uh, seen in these uh, these last couple of games, and I mean a lot of talk lately, especially in LeBron's legacy, is that he's Magic Johnson 2.0. Mm-hmm. But 
I would find that I would make the argument that he's Magic Johnson with a jump shot and even a little obviously a little bit better of a three-point shot than Magic Johnson. So with all of that being said, he's more in, in all honesty, I think he's more offensively and physically gifted specifically to be a scorer if he needs to than Magic Johnson. So with that being said, do you think that LeBron James in series like this where we start seeing him falter the way that he has uh, lately in these last two games, do you think sometimes he's unselfish to a fault? Uh, well, to a fault, I don't know, man. He's kind of like a, a point guard and a small for his body. It's hard to be unselfish to a fault. He's trying to get everybody involved. He shot, what, uh, I think it was like 54%, 11 of 19. 11 of 16. 11 of 16, sorry. So, yeah, he's he's doing everything on offense, man. He's just trying to get other people to chip in as well. And nobody's able to do that at this point. Chris? Um, I think LeBron's a lot like Sidney Crosby in hockey where... He's so talented. He's so gifted. He does so many things well, but he does them at a different pace that a lot of players that play with him have never seen before. So when they get out there and they play with him, they're like, oh, wow, this, the ball's right on my chest and I'm wide open for three? Like This has never happened before. Whereas Crosby is kind of like, you skate to the net and the puck is literally on your tape and there's nobody around you and you don't understand how. And it's hard to react <laughs> yeah. to it because you just never play with a guy that's gifted. And I feel like LeBron sees the court in a similar way that Crosby sees the ice where it's just like he's so ahead of everybody that – it takes a special skill set to mesh and play with him. He's not an easy guy to play with. LeBron yeah, demands, yeah, LeBron demands a lot of his players that he plays with, and to mesh and work with him is extremely difficult. That's why I've only seen like guys like Dwayne Wade, Ray Allen, at times Kyrie, at times Kevin Love. It takes a very unique skill set to mesh with LeBron and kind of click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough. Even Chris Bosh said it took him two years to fully learn how to play with LeBron James. Yeah, because the, the stuff he does, especially like. With the ball in his hands, you you can't practice that stuff because there's only one LeBron. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't emulate it in practice. But okay, we're gonna do this. Get ready for this. You just can't because unless LeBron's doing it, you just can't prepare for it. Yeah, and is those really good like laser skip passes? You know, like he'll post up on one end of the floor, then he'll like toss the ball over the defense like directly into your hands. And he's not looking. He's like Jason Williams, man. He does not look. Yeah, he's you know it's amazing to watch. Honestly, I can't be really sad when he's. Look at that rebound tonight. He kind of floated through the air. He grabbed it. And, man, he threw it to the top of the perimeter like it was nobody's business. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the kind of stuff where you just watch him and you're just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So, for me, that's why I think LeBron is just... The teams he's played with, unless you have the right players around him, it's extremely difficult to win. Mm -hmm. Would would either one of you think that at some point in this series, uh, he would have to kind of start becoming almost the LeBron James that we saw in uh, the finals last year where when he really didn't have anyone around him and he found himself in a situation similar to what we saw. I mean, you know what, here's the best, I think this is the best uh, example I could give is that for some reason, and I honestly, this isn't a reason I haven't fully understood yet, but I remember it, but you, you, you've been talking about this to no, to no end. And especially when it, when it happened in the fourth quarter, when the bench reserves came on of the Cavaliers and they played with LeBron James, how he was able to facilitate and how he was able to bring Cleveland back into this game and even take the lead at times. Um, Walk, walk, walk through that with, uh, with with some of our listeners here because even when I'm seeing it, like you called it right away and, and Damar, I'm sure when, when it went on the floor, you saw it as well, how easily this team has flowed and this is the same kind of lineup that demolished the Hawks. So what exactly what exactly are they doing that's so special with guys like Richard Jefferson and also turning Channing Fry somehow into the most dangerous man on the court? <laughs> Channing Fry can shoot, man. That's the thing with Channing Fry. Um, in my opinion, I mean, the thing with that lineup in particular is they accepted their roles. 
They totally understand that LeBron makes everything go around them. LeBron will make them look good. LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. I hate to kind of like harp on him, but he literally makes everything around them just so much easier. And for Channing Fry, hey, camp the perimeter, shoot a three. For Deladova, do all the dirty things that LeBron doesn't want to do. For Shumpert, be a scumbag. Yeah, I, don't get me started on Deladova. I hate <laughs> that guy. For, for Shumpert, just crazy. All white basketball players. Hey, man. I was, that, I was that guy at one point, you know? But not like that. Not like that. I talk trash better than Deli does. But. <laughs> For for Shumper, he gets it. He just plays D and Jefferson slash, and they just kind of rely on LeBron to do everything else, and it works. Whereas yeah. other lineups like Kyrie, Kyrie needs the ball in his hands to be successful at times. He's not your typical roll off a screen shooter. Kevin Love also needs the ball in his hands. A lot of these guys need the ball in their hands to make plays, right? So that's where I think it's difficult to play LeBron. Whereas that reserve lineup, they don't need the ball in their hands. They just catch shoot. Or touch the ball, move it to a certain spot. They totally understand their role, and they've accepted it to the point where that they know they won't be successful unless LeBron is creating plays for them. And I just feel like that works for them in such a way that is it's hard to describe, and you just see it as result, results at the end of the day, where it's just points. Damar, yeah, your thoughts? That's, that's definitely been the best uh, lineup for LeBron. It's just LeBron and just spare parts. People that can just shoot the ball and play defense. Because especially in this post-up situation where he's at the elbow... It's basically everybody doing cuts and screening for each other, and LeBron is just looking uh, for people to get open, and then he'll just pass it to you, and you just all you have to do, shoot the ball, just shoot it accurately, accurately. And he's passing it to you. He's passing you open. Like he doesn't pass it to you while you're open. He passes it to an area where you will be open, where you'll catch the ball and shoot the ball. So in that scenario, where it's him at the elbow. Right, it's all these shooters just like swirling around him. All he has to do is make the right decision, and he specializes in making the right decision. And I totally agree with that because something for LeBron that he's always harped upon throughout his career is that uh, he he's a big football fan, and for him, I kind of feel like he's the quarterback in this whole him in the reserves lineup because he sees the game at such a different level that the defense may not be playing his own, but he's throwing the ball like most quarterbacks do at the NFL level to an area that's open that you don't see yet. But when you get there, it's open. And LeBron's just kind of guiding guys in open windows, and he's just making plays before they can see them, and they're just trusting LeBron. And the whole Tyron Lue aspect of him preaching when he took over about trust the pass, trust the pass, I feel like that lineup in particular has bought into it the most. And they're not only trusting the pass, but they're trusting the pass from LeBron that it will be open in, in an open spot that's going to lead to buckets. And it's it's continued success. They're like 116 points per 100 possessions, I think, before the game started, and I'm sure that went up tonight. Yeah, it's uh, really weird that LeBron always talks about wanting another ball handler to play with him, but his when he succeeds the most is when it's just him holding the ball and he has other people just playing off of him. Well, what did you think about them working Kyrie in that line tonight? I mean, they took Shumpert out for a second and put Kyrie in, and I was kind of puzzled. You, you could replace Shumpert just because he's a capable three-point... I mean, Kyrie's one of the best three-point shooters in the league. He just doesn't shoot them very often. Yep. So... You can do that and replace him, but then you sacrifice things on defense that Shumpert also gives you. And the offensive gifts that Kyrie gives you, like beating his man off the dribble, isn't really relevant to that, uh, like to the plays that they run in that time. So, I don't know, it kind of has diminishing returns when you have Kyrie. Like, his playmaking ability only helps so much in that uh, specific lineup. Because what I found interesting is they brought... Tyron Lue decided to bring Kyrie in that lineup instead of J.R. Smith. 
And I get JR was, JR was a little bit cold in this game, but I thought JR would be a better fit there instead of uh, Kyrie because Kyrie, is, like you said, needs the ball in his hands at times. And although he's a great three-point shooter, JR has the same capability but better defense. And that's why I was kind of surprised to see Kyrie in there. When I see JR shoot the ball, I feel like it's going in every time. Do you guys have that feeling too? Yeah, I mean, I feel that way, Ryan. You feel that way? <laughs> Not at all. To be honest, really, really, no, yeah, when JR shoots I mean, the ball, yeah, and he's super smooth. Yeah, no, yeah, no, he's, like, no he's a he's a smooth shooter. But I'm also a hardcore Raptors fan. So when I watch that shot, I'm always <laughs> I'm always thinking it's a loss. I'm always thinking it's it's rimming out. And luckily tonight, I was right. I, and usually I'm right. Uh, what is it? Uh, six sixty percent of the time, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they shot terribly from three in this game. I mean, they shot forty shots from three, which is. Warriors level, and even though I don't even think the Warriors really shoot that much from three. But they've been doing that though. Cleveland has committed to the three for the past month now, to the point where it's like they don't play like an Eastern Conference team anymore. They play like a West Coast team, and they're going to shoot the shit out of the ball to the point where you tap out. And that's been their mo for God since the playoffs started. Yeah, no, it's it's very true saying that, and I mean. Um, and, and how fitting, though, that the two teams that have committed to the three ball more than any other teams in the league now are the ones that are down. Or, well, for the, obviously for the Cavaliers, the series is tied. but uh, the, And the Golden State Warriors are now sitting at 2-1 two, two to one down in the series. But, I don't know. Once again, that's the idea of living and dying with the three. It doesn't matter how great your three-point shooters are. At the end of the day, you know, we're seeing guys, no matter who they are, getting paid millions of dollars to play this game, missing wide-open threes. And there's still that reality and, and possibility when you take that shot. That, hey man, you can yeah. still live with the three. They did last year, and they did all 73 games this year. To be fair, yeah. though, the Golden State Warriors, I'm going to say this right now. The Golden State Warriors got off with probably one of the flukiest playoff oh, runs. Wow, he's year. one of these guys. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you, man. <laughs> well, one of these guys. They, Dude, they 73 wins. Uh, yeah. They had 73 wins this year. Yeah, they did. They did a great job against a league that was still catching up to a, an idea of, of a team that was able to master a technique. And that oh. is something to be commended. The league as a whole is down, in my opinion. That's not a discussion. Yeah. But, it's, not the, it's not the Warriors' fault that they're ahead of the league. That's just like saying... Oh, no, no. It definitely is. And, and all I'm saying like, right now is the league is the catching up. Because they're ahead in technology. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, here's the thing. No, I'm I mean, just saying the league's catching up now. Look at tonight. The Cavs are down by more than 15 at one point. At one point, they were up. Yeah, that's Solely true. because of the three. Only because of the three. That's it. They were out of this game without the three. And they came back, and let's say two more of those threes fall tonight. That's a W for the Cavs. So for teams like Golden State and Cleveland, I get it. Keep shooting that thing. Mm-hmm. Shoot it all night. And don't be surprised if Golden State comes back and wins this whole thing. Yeah. Because they just, they're such a fluid team. I mean, they got... They got the benefit of the doubt with the whole Draymond kicking the nuts because <laughs> seven of the past eight kicks to that certain area have been suspensions. But somehow Draymond avoided it, so tip my hat yeah. to him. I don't get I think, it. I think that's an issue of the league um, supporting the team. They need the team, you know, like it's the most attractive team in the NBA. Yeah. If they, if they suspended Draymond, then that would kind of condemn the team to lose. Or maybe even enhance more uh, Splash Brothers. Yeah, more drama, I guess so, man. It would be, the, the suspense would be fulfilling, but I think that would tip the scales so far in the Thunder's favor that they would probably win the series because of the suspension. Mm-hmm. Remember the Amari Stoudemire thing? God, who could forget that? Exactly. That was, <laughs> that changed everything, though. I mean, that was the, 
That was a lot more controversial than the kick, in my opinion. Uh, well, yeah, stepping off the bench, that's true. Yeah. Did you guys see Drake at the game today? He showed up. And then he left for the third quarter and came back for the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love him, man. You gotta love him. Honestly. At least he was there. That's the thing for me. Well, that's because they they had a shot now, right? So, like like we said in a previous podcast, Drake is the biggest bandwagon fan ever, and I respect him for it. But he knows when there's a shot to win, and he's he's back. And I, I don't know if the Raptors will win, but, hey, he's willing to find out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, at this point, I always considered him a bad luck charm because the Raptors weren't always successful when he was around. But now they're winning, so and they won when he was there. So, good. I'm glad to see he uh, he's helping the team pull it together. I'm glad to also see Coach Casey, might I add, uh, working on the double team with Bismack Biombo on, uh, on LeBron James at that one point in the fourth quarter. Um, that was... Session. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, you could obviously tell that LeBron was feeling the heat there, and Coach Casey right behind him. <laughs> mm. Hey, Drake's two and zero in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Glad to hear. What's what's going to be the bigger irony? If the Raptors win and Drake celebrates with us, or if the Cavs win and Drake still celebrates with them? Because he'll be there either way, win or lose. Drake's got both T-shirts. Uh, he's gonna trust me. He's gonna sulk with the Raptors now. Ever since views came out, you know, and he was been there at the earlier playoff games can't imagine him celebrating with LeBron maybe until the finals maybe the finals as the kids like to say man he'll low-key celebrate with them I was about to say I would see Drake snapchatting or Instagramming (laughs) a quick high five or a lower or congratulations to LeBron James and then they all get fucked up after well I mean did you see his his Instagram tonight I did oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, you saw saw that tomorrow yeah the kind of subtle shot at Kyrie Irving there saying, 2-2, two, two, thanks. Yeah. Oh, no. He's, uh, yeah, he's really writing for the Toronto team this year, which is uh, I like great. it. <laughs> Me too. Global ambassador. I hope I hope he would. The Raptors are kind of paying him, so. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of paying him to be like yeah. this. I, so I'd hope that he would be the global ambassador he signed up to be. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but the OVO, like, alternates, those were actually going to be uh, away uniforms for the Raptors. Until, uh, I think Kyle Lowry had told the, told the people that were designing the uniforms that they should actually just make it red and white instead. But it was going to be those OVO colors or, like, the official uniform. That, that would have been a... I, I'm not going to lie. That actually would have been a kind of sad day in Raptors history. <laughs> I want the retros, man. I love the retros. I'm a big fan of those. Do you imagine the retros for the finals, game one? Which ones? Uh, The Barney dinosaur of all things. The purple, baby. I'm not even lying to you, man. I'm a fan of the white with the pinstripe. Those just look too clean to me. I love them. Oh, shit, yeah. Well, actually, if if Oklahoma City wins, we could rock those. The white with the Air Canada Center, game one. Dude, the white with the pinstripe is clean. Yeah? I love those. And they'd sell out. You know what? Bring back the light blue. Well, oh, the Huskies? The Huskies. No, 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 no. You remember the light blue Raptors from the mid-90s, from like the first year? That was like, yeah. It was like 98, man. <laughs> it was like teal. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was almost, it was like a darker version of the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah, let's avoid that. <laughs> I'm not here anymore. Oh, man. Uh, all right, boys. So uh, to wrap this up, though, I, I do want to uh, to ask both of you. All right, Tamar, first, first you. Um, your prediction for Game 5? Uh, who you got, and uh, how's it going down? I think I honestly think this series is probably going to go to seven games now. The probably the Cavs will probably win the next game at home, and then we'll come back to Toronto. 
Toronto's probably going to win at home as well. Game 7, who knows what's going to happen in Game 7, man. But I have the Cavs winning tomorrow. Alright, Chris. Wow. Okay. Uh, I want to see 7 games. I want to see Raptors victory. But I do think the Cavs just... They throttle them in Game 5. Mm-hmm. And I sound like such a pessimist right now, but I just... I have a very hard time believing that they're going to shoot terribly three times in a row. And for me, I just feel like those... If, if even three or four of those three balls fall, that's a double-digit win. Yeah, that's true. So that's what scares the hell out of me with the Cavs. Is they're not going to stop shooting. It's just a matter of will these fall or will they not fall. And, and you look at some of the misses tonight for the Cavs, they weren't missing short. They weren't missing, like, errors. They were missing off shooters' misses. And if they're in and out, they're long misses. Those are things that eventually are going to fall. And when they fall, it is going to rain. It's going to be like uh, game one and two all over again. That scares the hell out of me. So I'll take the Cavs in game five. Flashbacks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Those horrible ones. Well, How me, about you, Ryan? Well, for, for me, I, I'm i going to stick with, uh, for the entire series, I'm going to stick with what I originally wrote at the beginning of this series, Cavs in seven. I also said that DeMar and uh, Kyle are going to have the uh, series of their careers, which uh, after today, they're – Slowly on their way to becoming, but, you know, I don't want to jump the shark on that one. Um, But as far as Game 5 goes, um, I'm going to go with the Toronto Raptors, and I'm going to go with the belief that what they're doing right now, they're physical enough. They've got the mentality set again. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Kyle Lowry over Kyrie Irving any day of the week. I'm going to trust in the Toronto Raptors team defense and just being able to let LeBron shoot the ball and try and hold off the three-point shooting attack of the Cavaliers. And one thing I'm banking on more than anything for this series, if the Raptors were to win it, is just having... just One thing I'm banking on specifically is the Cavs, somehow, some way, panicking when it comes to this three-point shooting strategy them panicking at it, LeBron James panicking, especially if they go down 3-2 to the Raptors and sitting there going, okay, because we've seen LeBron James do this in the past. Even even after two rings, we've seen him sit there and go, okay, let me try and do this myself again. Just that that kind of thought process in the Cleveland psyche, really get down to the nitty-gritty of this, of this city and how cursed it is in sports and just start seeing this team panic that their strategy isn't working. And I'm, I'm sure it's a lot to ask for, but you know what? Crazier things have happened. We're at this point. Why the hell not go for it all? I hope LeBron. Think they like, can win this series. Yeah. Me, Chris. I think they could. Honest to God, I think they could. But a lot will have to go right. And LeBron, or sorry, the Cleveland would have to have a mental breakdown. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think LeBron will have that. He doesn't have that. Like LeBron to have a mental breakdown is impossible, in my opinion, because he's just so at this savvy. Point? No, Le- LeBron is a different player, man. When LeBron decides to turn this thing on to the point of no return and him, like what you're saying, him to take over on his own, if he does that, so help the Raptors. <laughs> Nobody's stopping that guy. Not a hope in hell. LeBron is like over. in like dad LeBron mode now. Yeah. I feel like he's just like, a, like you said, he's a different player. You know, he's just, he already understands pretty much every scenario you could be in as a player, especially in the playoffs. So I can't really imagine him like getting discombobulated in any way. I just, like, there'll just be a, a, there's a scenario where, like, they just don't hit the three. They just can't hit the three. See, I agree with you. I mean, don't look at these first four games. Look at these first 12 games of the pro season. And that, by that, I mean all of their postseason games. LeBron has kind of relied upon everybody else to kind of, you know, live to the moment, 
play up to the game, this whole all-in thing that Cleveland like lives and dies off of right now, their whole mantra. And these guys are struggling right now. So I feel like it's going to get to a point where LeBron goes, come on my back for one game. Let's just get the W. Let's get the hell out of here. But, man, it's just we haven't seen it yet, and I, I don't want to see it. I hate to sound like I'm Ryan LeBron's nuts so hard, but he's just such a good player, and everything he does, is it's you can't match it. And especially because Damari Carroll cannot play physical with him. Nobody can touch him. And if you do get in front of him, it's a foul. So, I mean, he That's just true. does so many things that, you know what? Yeah. If we see with the officials, they're going to make damn sure that LeBron will get his calls. And on top of that, adding his physical skills and his actual basketball skill, you're not stopping that guy. Not That's, a chance. I mean, it's it's a, fair, it's a fair assessment and a fair analysis because at the end of the day, like, this is a guy who is unlike anyone in the league before him, unlike anyone that might be coming after him. You know, uh, I heard one analyst say earlier today, he's a freight train. Well, here, let me ask you guys this. Who do you trust more to get a basket with the game on the line? LeBron or Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan? And I stress two for the Raptors because we don't know who it is exactly. But for the Cavs, we know who it is. So who do you trust more? Yeah. DeMar? <laughs> it's probably LeBron, even Kyrie, or anybody else on the Raptors. Kyle Lowry. Really? Absolutely. I, I think LeBron. No, and, and no, no. I'm 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 not even I'm not even including the half court shot. Don't think for a second. I'm even thinking about that. I I would take Kyle Lowry going to the basket. I would take Kyle Lowry. Uh, Kyle Lowry, I find, is a more consistent shooter from beyond the arc. If he needs to take that shot, he's a guy who knows how to go into contact. Now, obviously, he's not going to get the same love at the line as uh, as LeBron James would get. But I'm I'm sorry, I really actually would would take Kyle Lowry right now. Everything this whole body of work the last couple of years I've seen compared comparing between the two, I actually have no reason to believe Kyle Lowry couldn't make that shot, even over LeBron James. I'll take LeBron all day because LeBron will probably d up on Kyle Lowry in that that situation. He he just understands everything to the point where it's like I'm gonna eliminate everything you do well, and for Kyle Lowry, I'm gonna smother you. I feel like they would let DeRozan shoot his 20-foot jump shot and live with it. Yeah. But he will not live with Kyle Lowry winning the cup or taking the three on him. It's the exact same reason why I would let him do it, and he's going to work off the switch. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> man, that's, that's fine. No, and that, yeah. that's cool. Like, I get that. But I, I do not – I'm not worried about Lowry. Lowry will, Lowry will find his space. He will find the space to get the shot off. And I, I got faith in Lowry. I hope so, man. I want to see the Raptors win this thing. Um, it would be pretty cool to yeah. see a Toronto team in the finals, but – Man, it's a tall task. Yeah. Well, we're uh, halfway there, 2-2. Two, two. Right? And out of, like, aside from Ryan, I mean, we didn't think this in a million years. Probably not. No. Hell, no. even I'm like, I mean, I've, I've been putting money down on these games, and I'm like, I'm putting that money down like, eh, I'm probably not going to see you again. But you know what? Let's just go. Let's go, Raptors. Like, look, and now I'm sitting here at the end of it like, Jesus, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. Uh, if... if you had stock in the Toronto Raptors, I would say sell right now. Sell it all. Oh, man, I'm with tomorrow on this. Every uh, single one. You want all my pitches, too, for me trying to sell Every single share that you have in the Raptors. Well, here, <laughs> if you're on the enough. fence and you don't want to buy my Raptors stock, I have one pitch. This is it. You ready for it? Sure. Maybe Popovich was right. <laughs> Do you doubt Ooh. the great pop? Great pop. Buy this stock now. And I walk out of the room. Oh my god. I can't believe you brought that up. That but it's so look, when does it ever look more yeah. prophetic than right now? Popovich said we'll and see no the finals. And and who's really talking about that? Nobody. Not a single Only uh only a tip of the tower. Only on the TOT <laughs> cast, baby. <laughs>
And, and with that, uh, I would like to uh, thank all of our listeners for uh, taking the time out to uh, listen to this episode of uh, the TOT cast. Of course, if you want to reach the show, reach us on Twitter at Tip of the Tower. Uh, you could also reach uh, reach us through our Facebook page, of course, liking that, uh, Tip of the Tower. Uh, you can also reach out uh, to uh, Chris at Chris O'Kranitz. Uh, Damar, what's your what's your Twitter handle again? RJG. RJG. Also, leave us uh, a review on iTunes. Also, don't forget to subscribe. Also, leave a comment. That'd be awesome too. Absolutely. Any sort of feedback would be great. Absolutely. Get us on that on those charts, baby. <laughs> Anyway, gentlemen, uh, yeah, here we go. Go Raptors. Game five. We're going at least six games. Some A place that uh, no analyst in America thought in a million years we'd be. So uh, with that being said, uh, we the North and, uh, you know, go Raptors and uh, down with the King. <laughs> Later. <laughs>